how long are, are you just gonna when you start to get bored? Generally, you make these gestures. I aim for about. Oh, I'll be doing that all day. Yeah, yeah. 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 coffee. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you what are you taking for hot drinks? Well, this is the issue. Tea. Like, I'm not drinking tea. Not herbal teas or whatever. I'm, I'm not a fan of green tea. There's more out there than green tea. Yeah, I've got um, I've got like a rhubarb one, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite nice, but none of them give me the milk kick, which is what like the creaminess of coffee is right. kind of like where I I'm, I'm sit with it, and I'm like that that would be nice. So the minute I'm on, I'm on milk and honey. I literally woke up this morning. I had a hot juice when I woke up. And I was like, "Is that a euphemism?" <laughs> that's just yeah. That's just that. I have a hot juice I've had a busy morning, Richard. <laughs> um, yeah, I had that, and I didn't do anything. So I was like, oh, "I'll I'll I'll just drink milk because that's what I want. I want the creaminess." And I was like, "I'll add a little bit of honey to it." So I've gone down the line, but yeah, I, I hate it already. Why are you doing it then? Why, why are you putting yourself through this? I don't know. I've, 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 I got thinking about this this morning, and someone suggest, at work suggests I'm a bit of a masochist, because I've done it a few times, where I do various things, and I go, oh, I mean, you know, maybe... maybe. But what are you hoping to happen at the end of the... You know, have some sort of a, an epiphany, like... No. Or something, you know, like suddenly like, something in your mind will... Uh... There's no end goal to it. It's, I think it's more like, I think halfway through I'll get bored. And I think it's more, it's like when I shaved my head. So I shaved my head because I had a dream where I shaved my head and it scared me. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And I was like, that's stupid. It's stupid that I can't shave my head. And I've done it with my beard recently. And I've been like, I should probably shave my beard at some point. Like just get rid of my beard. So I think with coffee, it was a very similar thing of I can't, I've not gone a day What if you had a dream where you shaved your eyebrows? I might shave my eyebrows. You're a slave to your dreams, then. I'm a slave to fears, which I don't want to be afraid of. Yeah. And that's that's the worry. I mean, yeah, there's no there's no goal. In a way, I'm just punishing myself. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, just a test of endurance, you know. Like David yeah. Blaine sits in a box. You just go without coffee for yeah. 28 days or whatever. I did pick the shortest month, so I don't have to do yeah. any. And I'm hoping it's not leap year because then yeah. you know, that's an extra day. That's all. Welcome to Yelling at Concrete, Richard. Thank you very much. Um, for anyone out there, I've got Richard with me, who I think I'm right in describing you as a writer. Yeah. As it's like an overall... Yeah, Because you do good. a lot Thanks. of things, so yeah. you're a writer is, is a thing. Because that's, that's the issue I've had with a few other people. Obviously, I know their day job. Do you well, know my day job? I think I think you're a teacher. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what, like That's secondary my day job. secondary college or Over college? Yeah. Okay, and you teach English. Yeah. I dropped out of English, so I can't yeah. really comment. On that. Yeah. <laughs> I did English combined A level, and then combined I combined with what? It was it was called English combined because it was English language and English lit as, oh, a, as one course sort of thing. And then I got to the second year, and my teacher just said to me, "I don't think you should be on this course." And I said, but I, you could use some sort of handy pamphlet that had a level no, basket weaving. Or... I mean, the problem was, was I was doing media and art alongside it, so I was completely distracted all the time mm. by wanting to do visual things. And then they were sitting down and telling me to analyse. I think it was Carver, and I just found it to be the most dull thing in the world. 
mm-hmm. and the language side of it was interesting but it wasn't enough to keep my interest yeah. Um, so yeah we just kind of got to the end of it and it was like yeah we should probably just drop this one we don't, we don't really need this one for your, for your UCAS points and all that you've never regretted it not really no if anything I've grown with a bit more disdain for it that's which is probably about <laughs> for, for someone who writes yeah that's, that's probably the way to go because I have a problem with people who it's, it's the grammar side of it because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm very not fussed if it works it works situation and then when people pick it out like, you mean sloppy yeah essentially I'm, I'm rough <laughs> I don't do I don't do formalised I'm just a bit rough <laughs> that's yeah. how I think of it yeah 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 um, but obviously we have you here for a reason today. Yeah. Because you have an upcoming show thing. I do, yeah. How would an you event. describe it? Yeah. Is a, it just a happening. A happening. Uh, like a flash mob. It's a spoken word night, really. Yeah. But um, there's a bit more razzle-dazzle to it. Like cheap theatricality is included on the side. So um, it's called Crash Course in Brain Surgery. Mm-hmm. And it's at the Angel Coffee House in Lincoln uh, on February the 9th. Which and will be next week by the time this goes up. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah, Friday the ninth, and um, yeah, so it's a spoken word night, open mic, so people can go along, read their poetry and their fiction. Uh, we've got a guest performer, Gemma Baker, and alongside all that, there's going to be sort of silly games and theatricality. It sounds terrifying. It, if I'm honest, for who? For the audience? Yeah, for the audience. Uh, it might be, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those avoid audience participation people. <laughs> well, it's a shame you've said that. I know, no. <laughs> no, there, no there's, there is minimal audience participation. I mean, right. We don't even want them to enjoy it. <laughs> That's not I mean, true. That's not true. <laughs> come to Crash Cars, hate it, and walk away. No, no, it should be a good time, definitely. And I've got, I'm expertly helped by Melody Clark and Tom Wickstead, the sound man. I think I met Tom. Yeah, he was at the, was Zoom, at the Fair, Zoom Fest, yeah. which we've skipped over the first question of every podcast of how long have we known each other? Uh, not well. If we're going to go from the Zine Fair, just since October, really. Yeah, it's um, been October last year, so that'd be three months. Three, months? three four months. Three, four months. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I was aware of you before in some sort of. Yeah. Well, you know your work. I should say I was aware of your work. <laughs> So flattering. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was I think it's one of those situations because last year I was running into quite a few people of where I was aware that you existed. Right. Like I'd seen your, your previous stuff right. and thought, oh, I, you know, should get along to that and never getting along to that. And yeah. then just gradually through all the people. And now finally I've come around to your house. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if, it, if you don't turn up to Crash Course, expect yeah. a man to appear at your door in a plastic brain. <laughs> and, um, I haven't brought the brain. I should have, but. I mean, it sounds a bit intense, to be honest. I'm, I'm waiting for the shock and awe of, okay. of the event. Um, shock and awe is a bit grandiose. I'd say razzle dazzle. <laughs> I mean, I'm Cheap easily surprised. Huh? I'm easily surprised. Okay, good. <laughs> we should be alright. Yeah. Fair enough. So, why did you start Crash Course? Then? Um, well, I was doing like there was a previous incarnation of it, so I've sort of got previous form at this, and then. Um, things change with that, and so we decided to sort of pause and then rejig it, come up with a new name and relaunch it, you know, and sort of add a bit more, sprinkle a bit more fairy dust on it. Magic fairy dust. 
Patrick Ferguson. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of how it came. Out. But I was already doing uh, a spoken word guy. So how did you get into doing like spoken word stuff? Um, like were you before this, were you doing like theatre? No. <laughs> this is the thing. I don't know. I don't know your track back of, of where you're from. So. Um, I was just because I was writing, and I went along to a couple of spoken word nights that were already going on. And originally, because there was a lot of poetry things going on, hmm. um, I thought because I was more of a writer than a poet. I'm not even a poet really. I'm a writer, I suppose. Um, I thought well. Would, would it be good to have like a, a dedicated night for fiction? So rather than poets, it could yeah. be story writers that could get up. So I started with a friend, um, 15 Minute Fiction was the name of the night. And that was okay. I mean, it didn't really sort of, it was hard work sort of like getting people to go. And yeah. I suppose, I think fiction is a hard sell, like for an open mic type night. You know, there's loads of poets, which yeah. is a good thing, but they're like rats, aren't they? They're everywhere. It does seem to be a lot of poetry nights in Lincoln. Yeah. I don't know, like, maybe the last two years. I don't know if you, you've seen it differently. Yeah, definitely. For a while, but the last two years, so many open mic poetry nights yeah. have popped up. Yeah. And I can't help but thinking it's just the same people going to all these nights. Because you've only got a certain audience. Yeah, like I suppose in a, in a city, sort of like yeah. Lincoln's size and everything. Lincoln's yeah, not really but, big enough for that. But does that then, is is that not just a thriving scene, would you say? Or is it just the same? Well, I'd, I'd hope it would be a thriving scene. Yeah, I mean, how you define that, like, it's the same yeah. people or it's the thriving scene. So. I guess you, you could say the same for bands. Hmm. So if there's a lot of bands popping up at the same time, they'd be friends with other bands. Yeah. So they're the same yeah. crowds just swapped around in places yeah. and situations. So it's nice to see something which is a bit I think it's off like it. the zeitgeist at the moment, isn't it? There's something in the air and poetry sort of like... Everyone's angry. Kind of off the now. Yeah, you think that's it? <laughs> I think. I know I'm angry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is yelling at concrete. This is yeah. this is where you come to be angry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of. It's it's a weird mentality. I think we we, we were discussing this the other day. Uh, we've got that kind of like cultural mentality at the minute, which is very along the lines of what was happening in the eighties, just with like politics and and all that kind of thing. So there's a lot of pent up anger I think because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are in a situation where they can't or they don't feel like they can exercise their, their right to buy mm. sort of thing um, so yeah I think poetry is like an easy access to that yeah, yeah, yeah I think more people are giving it a go yeah but then I think that's because I think that's the barrier with like with shorts or like written things is, is I think people think of it as a lot more rules to it in a way like poetry can be a bit more abstract, whereas a short's got to got to have some form to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Can you do abstract stories? Um. Without ruining it. <laughs> Is there good examples of abstract stories? What do you mean by an abstract story? Well, like, I, mean, I mean, you can start something out of nothing in the middle of something and not yeah. necessarily explain to a reader exactly. What's, what's happened or what's happening or where exactly you are and sort of unnerve the reader in that way put yeah. them off kilter maybe so whether or not that's quite what you mean by abstract but I suppose a story does have to be grounded in some some form some sort of sense like even grammatically yeah. you know you, you could write a story that is pays no attention to grammar or structure but I think that's not interesting to listen to necessarily or to no. you know whereas you can probably do that more with poetry yeah, you sense, kind of like, just you know, avoid it. Like you can form. create moods and just words, and people will perhaps yeah. 
create meaning out of it. Whereas, you know, I think by the definition, uh, a story needs a narrative of some sort, yeah, doesn't it? To hold it together. Yeah. yeah I see that. But you can do it, sure, can't you? Just, they call it flash fiction or yeah, yeah, or whatever. You know, just your pulp. Yeah. It could be the equivalent of if a poem sort of takes four or five minutes to to read, you could have a short piece of fiction that maybe lasts four, five, six minutes to read, which is tells something with yeah. a beginning, a middle and end of some type. So, yeah, good. I mean, I, people, you know, maybe it's easier to sit down and vent your kind of inner feelings a bit more with a poem. Yeah, because you can make it short as well, yeah. I guess. Not that poetry is easy. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think there's, there's a mix, and maybe that's the myth of poetry. It's like guitar. Everyone thinks guitar is easy. Yeah. And then you try well, playing, every, yeah. playing a guitar and you find out that it's not that easy. Yeah. And same with poetry. Yeah. It's but it's that idea where, you know, they used to say, well, the punk ethos, isn't it, where you can learn three or four chords and then form a band and, and what have you. Yeah. Like, which is great. Yeah. Um, but then it's what you do with those four chords and how you make it engage and interesting. So anyone can write a poem with limited, I don't know, knowledge or I don't even know if knowledge is the word, but anyone can write a poem that expresses something or their feelings, but then it takes some, you know, not genius, but it takes somebody with a bit more of a gift to turn it into... A bit of skill. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's millions of punk bands, but the ones that people there is millions recall, of punk bands. it's... It's like the ones that had a bit more of an edge about them, whatever. The, yeah, I don't know yeah. how you define that, that lightning in a bottle or whatever. There, there is that, yeah, that, that punk sensibility which kind of leads into a lot of things. If people are just thinking expressing is just enough to, to make it to their stardom, sort of, sort of thing, or, or cultural recognition, I guess. I mean, but then Plastic Rampus is a bit punk. Is, yeah, is it, I think is so. Is it fed from punk, you think? I think we've got the, that idea, the, yeah. the DIY idea that anyone can give things a go and you shouldn't be frightened of being told no. Yeah. So you can go out and do it. Um, so yeah, punk, and it's cheaply photocopied and, <laughs> and whatever, and it's supposed to be fun yeah. and you know have an energy and an angst about it. So punk in that way, yeah. I think uh, that was something which kind of, in a way, attracted to me to your stuff, was that it was meant to be fun. Yeah. Is this is something I discussed in my last podcast. Was I like, uh, especially where it doesn't take too ser- self too seriously, mm. because there's a lot which does take itself very seriously. Sure. And I think you you got to have that little gap. You got to have that space where you can just blur out into to whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And so you, you kind of like get that accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. Should, like, not be frightened of. Yeah. You know, fucking about or. <laughs> Whatever you know, or because out of that is what—that's the compost, isn't it? That, yeah. Um, more interesting things or stronger ideas will grow out of, and yeah. they're the ones you can run with, I suppose. So, do you? I mean, you, I assume you've written a story within this one. In this one, well, it's just got an extract of a longer story that I'm sort of working, working on and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you see? The, I mean, in a way, because I obviously I, I make null point. Yeah. Um, which is just. I don't know, it's not really a zine, it's just annoying people. <laughs> I think there's it's a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> um, but, um, Let's say really annoying people. I see, like, I see no point as practice. 
Okay. So for, for anything. Okay. It's just something, it's a little way to vent ideas. Do you yeah. think you do that with, with, with your, your stuff? Of just like you seeing it as a little place to show off little ideas you've got because you've got a grander vision of a full, like with a full book or something like that. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe in a way it's like uh, busking almost. Yeah. You know, you're going out there and... Seeing what people respond to. Seeing what people respond to. Or just shoving something in people's faces, you know. Like just leave it, leaving a zine in cafes and, and what have you. And then you've got the link to the um, sort of the internet with all the social media stuff. And so there's a, an artefact in the real world. Yeah. And there's also a link to the... To the online. Unreal world or whatever. And just to, to see what happens. I think, you know, yeah. it's just to, to push against um, apathy and indifference, isn't it? Like of the masses or whatever. A bit like busking. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think it's, 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 yeah, if you can make your zine as loud as, as a busker and, and, and force yourself into... Yeah. I mean, like we're trying to as annoying people. as a bagpiping buster. Yeah. Just, <laughs> the most annoying just of all kinds. scream as loud as you can. <laughs> um, someone who's bad at bagpipes. <laughs> keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, especially when I started mine, I know mine was intended to, in a way just to kind of annoy people at first. Just as like a little a little troll, troll in it. It was just like, alright, so we're doing this thing because everyone else takes it so seriously. Right, right. We'll do this thing which isn't serious. It's not about anything. It's just there. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. And I, I kind of liked that. And I, I liked with this, the same with this. It's like, it's just a little little physical object. Doesn't seem to, from one of my first glance, have a, like a pure goal of we're going to make a book which is big mm. or, you know, I'm going to kickstart this in two years or something like mm. that. So it was just there. Which was, it was nice. It's like omnipresent. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a way to try and maybe find yeah. an audience as well sometimes, yeah. isn't it? If people pick it up, find it and respond to it, and it's something that they like, then yeah. they might then be tempted to go and find out I think it's more. Well, because it's like a physical thing, whereas a lot of the menus, like we, we do see this a lot, but it's all online. Mm. Everyone's kind of trying their little, little bits, but it's always via a Facebook page or it's yeah. via via YouTube because they want it to be going viral or something mm. I think that's in a way that's the drawback but in a way that's the beauty of it mm. because you can't go viral with it well you can but it'd be a lot harder to go viral with like a physical object which yeah. you can't just share instantly yeah and that kind of thing I don't know if that makes sense no yeah <laughs> maybe we're all just x-factoring just gradually I think, well, the thing is you need to produce enough copies, don't you? You yeah. need to have, if I could print like 100,000 copies of it and have the capacity to, to flip dish it out yeah. countrywide, I mean, that would still be like a drop in the ocean, I suppose. But Yeah. It's that, that, um, there's a leaflet statistic of, you know, like flyers. If you hand out 1,000 flyers, maybe 10%. Will actually yeah. take that flyer and do something with it. Yeah, yeah. So I'd you, be surprised if it was as high as that. Yeah, to be yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've stood on the street too many times handing out flyers for various things. <laughs> so you kind of, yeah, you end up like that, that, that little trapped thing. But I think, I mean, as you say, you, you, this is a smaller part of a bigger, bigger story you're trying to do. What the story that's in yeah. there? Uh, well, um, yeah, I've got like maybe. 15, 20 short stories that I'm sort of ultimately thinking of compiling into a, a collection. Yeah, so you're thinking down the line. 
Yeah, it's some, well, so hopefully some point later this year. You know, I've, I've got a lot of them written. It's just a question of tinkering and editing them and, and so on. Yeah. So that would be so what the ultimate, I suppose, aim for for it would be. I mean, it's a solid goal. Yeah. 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 Well, it's only like February you now. Exactly, just the beginning of February. <laughs> you got, so. you know, you can still capture that Christmas market with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as if they put it on in. Like, well, <laughs> maybe the summer like holiday read type. Yeah. Yeah. So what what type of stuff do you write? I mean, I've read some of your stuff from your previous uh, zine, which was very. There's a thing. There's a lot of sci-fi to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I suppose there's elements of that yeah. sort of uh, weird. It's, it's kind of Twilight Zone-ish, which is yeah. which I liked. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. As a, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> sort of. I don't know, like tales of the unexpected esque. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I mean, it's not that good or anything. It's because you know, that's awesome. You don't want to give it away. <laughs> but anything that's just a little bit odd, I suppose, or weird, or yeah. a bit kind of unsettling, I try and write like that. I suppose, capture it, or just some odd ideas, sort yeah. of slightly noirish, slightly horrorish, slightly sci-fiish. If you could mix all those things up and have like a, an element of those t- that kind of mood about, yeah, yeah. I suppose. I think that's nice. Thank you. I, think, I, think <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's no. kind of my vision, but then yeah, no, I, can, I get that. How people from from what I read, it, it does have those. This kind of this. I think there's. I don't know, it's like a, re- a weird way of describing. It. it has like a color cast to it. Of like when you're reading it, if it's not, it's what, not high. what's the color? Well, it's kind of like it's like a like a gray, no, like brown, a, <laughs> like kind of like a. I mean, I'm colorblind anyway, but <laughs> it's, it's like a like a like a hue of blue. Oh. It. So it's not like a like a grey. So it's not dull. Fucking hell, we've gone very hippie all of a sudden. I know. So I'm, I'm, I'm drifting. <laughs> I've, I'm out of coffee and I've gone grateful dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like a nice like like hue of blue to it because it's like it's not too it's not too dark hmm. and there's not like a lot of contrast to it within what I read. Um, but it's obviously not, not bright. And I think all of those things which you mentioned have that kind of hue. Hmm. They're all very. Appearing to be settled, but there's something a little unsettling about staring yeah, at a blue yeah. wall. That's that's how okay. I think of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I've not really thought of it in those terms before, but I appreciate. I mean, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not I'm not a critic. Yeah, don't lie, because yeah, I'm the last person to criticise in, in terms of that thing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think a, th- a short book would be would be fun. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of. What I'd like to like to do, put out, and so the idea I've got at the minute, like not all of the sort of short stories that I've got so far, but several of them are kind of connected tenuously. Right. Okay. Um. Um. But the the all the stories are sort of like independent, standalone. But there's elements of the stories that sort of um touch on others, and so I'd like to sort of put them together. Okay. Scattered between other stories that just are nothing to do with it as well. So, it, you know, like how um, Tarantino has there's that theory about all his films kind of exist in that universe, and yeah, yeah, you know, there's the same sort of brands in different films and so on and so on. It's kind of that, like, that. like that, not Tarantino esque, but there's that kind of there's things that appear in some stories. So ge- yeah, that kind of generating a universe rather. Than, I suppose in a way, than, but yeah. In a non-fantasy sort of, not yeah. one of those well, types of universe, well, like a viewer skew universe, like yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like that. This is like a tenuous link to everything. Yeah, there's yeah. like this village that of my invention called Low Scarabee. 
Okay. Which is my vision of a sort of Lincolnshire world village. Right. You know, there's kind of a bit creepy, eerie type village, and that's okay. sort of the backdrop to several of the stories, or there's some sort of tenuous link to it in some way, so... I think that's... Yeah. I think that's... <laughs> It's essentially just Lincolnshire anyway. Well, you could say <laughs> that, some yeah, creepy yeah. villages which have a tenuous link to the Like city. a Royston Vasey. Yeah. But, you know. But in Lincolnshire. Yeah, that type of thing. <laughs> Not quite so. Uh... I always, I like the idea of things set in Lincolnshire. Because I feel like it's a, a location which is not used enough. I, I entirely agree. Particularly like, the world, which yeah. is near where I, I live. You know, it, it's this empty landscape. Yeah. Rolling hills. You know, and there's something quite beautiful about it, it, and it's kind of sort of like emptiness maybe, or it's not very much kind of happens. And yeah. I could imagine like a TV series set there of some description. In yeah. my mind, it's like a seventies series. Right. You know, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, like sort of tales of the unexpected esque. Where yeah. have did you have you ever seen um, an old series from like the late seventies, early eighties called Sapphire and Steel? I've heard of it. And it had uh, Joanna Lumley in it. I've not seen it. It's uh, ever so strange, but that kind of thing. Okay. I mean, yeah, I I, I can kind of... I don't know, that's kind of the mood that I see when I... Yeah. I mean, it's it's worth... I mean, I'm I'm originally from Scunthorpe. Right. Which is, you know, the place that it is in in, in infamy. Um, So it's like, yeah. The only place named with the word cunt in it, I believe. And we we had many a problem typing that into a school computer and <laughs> trying to get submitted forms. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of look at Lincolnshire and it's vast. It's so big. And, and, you, and you wonder why someone hasn't just put a production studio just because it's so empty. Mm. It's like you haven't really got interruption from anything. You just you could build sets. Like yeah, like business. the old old farm yeah. warehouses or whatever there's... Yeah, it's like you got your farms, you got you you kind of like your industrial areas and, and bits and bobs like that. And coast. You got yeah, like you've got a whole coast, mm. but nobody does anything. I know, I know, I, I hey, really, like, I agree. Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. This, this is a vast area. I mean, I think my problem is I, I always picture it as kind of. Um, I think maybe it's just not got some sort. Of, it's hasn't got a distinct enough identity, like in the consciousness of the yeah. nation, as it were. You know, unlike somewhere like. Yorkshire Dales or the Moors where you can set something and give yeah. it that kind of ambience or like Midsummer Murders is all kind of in that nice Oxfordshire yeah, type countryside yeah. or the West Country but you know Lincolnshire's kind of got that in a in a sense it's own little way but it it's not kind of I think maybe you have to live in Lincolnshire to get that yeah like if you visit for a day it doesn't seem like you've really because you'd come, you do you do the castle, you you know you'd yeah, yeah. you'd go to the walls for a walk, you know yeah. you'd visit Cleethorpes because you'd avoid Grimsby, and <laughs> no offense to any Grimsby people, are. Um, but yeah, I, I think you you kind of see you get glimpses, but you wouldn't mm. get that general mm. collective atmosphere which Lincolnshire has. But then maybe that's that's what annoys me is because it it doesn't really have an identity in the same way like Lincolnshire doesn't really have an accent. I suppose. It's like you can come into it and just form your own. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a blank canvas yeah. for places if you just need a generic yeah, need yeah, a blank certainly, space. Certainly. I think, yeah. But that, that's another but Maybe everybody thinks that about the the place in which they live to some extent. You know, whether you're from that place or not. Where yeah. you're living becomes your environment so much and so familiar with it that 
you start to see it differently and you you know it's then very easy for anybody to say ah there's something about you know where I live wherever that might be I don't know obviously you can only live in one place at a time yeah yeah have you been in Lincolnshire all your life I I was born here and grew up here and then I've spent several years you know living in various other places yeah and then came back here and got trapped like everybody else well (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a weird one in a way. A lot of people I speak to link about Lincoln, at least, and you do for you feel because it's so vast. I think a lot of people do have a trapped feeling of living in Lincoln because you kind of look either side of you and you think there's nothing there. It's not like like Manchester where you've got Liverpool just over the road and yeah, yeah, like Sheffield which is Derby and all that kind of thing. You kind of look and you think there's nothing here. Mm. Where, where do I go? You know. Mm. Apart from Nottingham, just for a day out. Yeah. But then Nottingham's quite small. But then uh, it has it has neighbours. Yeah. yeah but Nottingham in itself probably has a, a, a big enough to have a scene, isn't it? Of yeah. whatever you know, like death metal came out of Nottingham as a sub genre of scene, like whatever twenty odd years ago, and so you're looking at me like. Is that is that a thing, or are you just making that up? What, death <laughs> the, metal. The death metal came out of Nottingham. Yeah, I believe so. Or really? me- I don't know, like um, Lawnmower Death, which are like a okay. funny. And there was a whole metal scene. Like, well, I don't know whether it was death. I think it was death metal. Well, but like a metal scene for Nottingham. I mean, I know Nottingham has like Rock City and, and venues like that. But I yeah, that's crazy. I, I could well be very I mean, wrong on what I'm saying I'm, there, sure. but I'm willing to take it by word <laughs> but it, it's like it, you know like goth and everything that was never a that was a, a movement or a scene that was never sort of London centric because yeah. it's all like the provinces and the weird places where things like goth and death metal would come out of all those little spaces where yeah. the, you know, like, the darkness hides <laughs> you, you're familiar with Shane Meadows films yeah yeah so like that kind of Midlands, yeah, like yeah. Staffordshire, Stoke, Nottingham type of the little vibe which you get. From yeah, there. yeah. There's enough of that in that area, and I don't, know, I don't know whether Lincoln or Lincolnshire has has got that, but perhaps that's what's good about it at the moment. Or Maybe. you know, it's this unexplored. Yeah, I, th- I mean, thing. like I could see alternative stuff kind of rising out of that that kind of area quite easily. But yeah, I don't know if Lincoln ever got heavily. I'd love Lincoln to have an alternative scene, like a proper, like what musically you mean? Yeah, yeah. It hasn't got the venues, has it, or the infrastructure to spawn such a thing? I don't think at the moment. I think that is one of the main complaints about Lincoln: is there's not enough music venues. Or I mean, venues if you were to do if things. you were an upcoming band, where yeah. where do you play? You know, it's pub gigs. Yeah, but then there's nothing sort of in between. There's not that many pub gigs anymore. It seems. Um, or, I mean, it seems to me, I mean, I work nights, so obviously I don't, I don't walk the streets as much as I used to. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, even kind of putting on Light Your Night, you know, you're very limited in terms of places you could go. Yeah. Of, of, of sliding in and, and actually doing something. Mm. But yeah, I think that's, that's the, maybe that's the challenge for people, like uni students, obviously we have a huge uni populous living yeah. here and I think maybe they should do something about it we're, we're too, are they ever inspired to 
sort of set foot outside of campus and the you know the small zone small area where I think what it needs is for you know a longer term project is enough graduates to stick around the city and feel that it's worth staying here to create something yeah yeah. I mean not stay because they want to create something but they stay because they like Lincoln and if there's enough of them then something people will cater to that a bit more and they'll venues and other creative things might start springing up a bit more yeah. and I suppose that's starting to happen certainly the university has grown massively hasn't it in the last yeah. five ten years or whatever and but I don't know I think I, I think I discussed this with um, Nathan Dean when I had him on um, uh-huh. Because I have a theory of Lincoln being a bit of a black hole for creative things. Just because things pop up and then they just disappear and you never hear from them again. Uh-huh. They kind of they come and they go because they're sucked into the, the void, essentially. Um, but it, definitely within the last year or so, we've seen quite a few things stick around, which has been nice. Yeah. Uh, I think, that, yeah, it's, just, it's not a changing of the tide, but it's, it's almost. <laughs> the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> It's all very 70. Yeah. <laughs> it's about free love and in a conservative state. <laughs> yeah. And is, a little enclave. Yeah. Just a little, a little tuck in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's Uncle Monty scene in With Nail and I. You know. Oh, yeah. Shat on by Tories, shoveled up by Labour. <laughs> I haven't but seen we, that film in years. Are, huh? I haven't seen that film in years. No. I remember there was a, I think it was a drinking game, which you play along alongside with. You have them. to match them for the drinks. Yeah, yeah, you have to match them for the drinks, and I, just, I don't understand why anyone will play that. Well, he drinks lightly within like the first yeah. the first ten minutes of the yeah. film. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to do that, is it? Really? I think I mean drinking games are dangerous in general. Yeah, just as a, as a general rule. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I'm having a wee. Is, I do worry about that. I don't know. I, no one's ever commented on the podcast to be like, you know, someone. Yeah. Just relieving themselves. Dear Mr. Cooling, <laughs> I was disgusted to hear. Watch the playback. Yeah. <laughs> I've got evidence. I have to keep <laughs> the evidence <laughs> in case something happens and it sounds worse than it is. One day we'll just do a sound effects set and I'll just crack things and break things. It'll be very. <laughs> it'll be very raw and. Uh, Gross, but then you look at it and it'll just be watermelons. Do you ever do these late night, or is it always kind of daytime? I've done evening ones. Uh-huh. I mean, working nice, you obviously that hampers that. Sure, sure. Um, for the for the anniversary one, because we were, we're, I think we're maybe a month away from the very first one. Right. These which I did. Um, I'm intending to get drunk and have a guest on and we'll get drunk because I think you know, it's the anniversary episode yeah, yeah. you've got to have a little little chipper chipper drink um, how do you feel it's gone for you like a podcast is this your first time doing podcasts oh yeah. yeah so you know a year in is it kind of what you yeah. thought it might develop into or is it the you interviews know? turned around yeah like sorry <laughs> um, I don't know I, I kind of I mean, you, you obviously run a podcast. All part of the umbrella of Plastic Brain Press. Yeah. I've got Crash Course and Brain Surgery, the spoken word night. And then uh, my sound guy, Tom Wickstead. Yeah. Tom, uh, the Boosie Wickstead. We decided today that he could be a bit like Gary Boosie. Um, 
For various what? reasons that I can't go into, <laughs> okay. but... Uh, that raises so many questions. <laughs> yeah. So he records it and, and then edits edits it down into a podcast, so then after the night, a week or so after the night, we release it as a podcast, so the Spoken Word Night, live recorded. So it's like a proper little encapsulation of the evening. Yeah, sort of yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know why. It's, this is another one of those things of where I, I don't know why I started it. Right. I just started doing it. I right. found I was having coffee with... Were you a big listener of podcasts? No. The only the two podcasts I'd listened to, there was one on uh, YouTube somewhere, I can't remember, I think my brother linked me in, and it was about films and games, and watched that, and it was about five people, all sat around with mics, and I was like, oh, that's fairly interesting, and then I watched... I could sit around with a mic, well, yeah, I could do that. I think, I watched Mark Maron. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, do his and the series obviously came out on Netflix, and I watched that, and I thought that was interesting. I yeah, that that seemed more interesting than what I'd seen on YouTube was just two people sitting talking about their lives. And then, yeah, have you, have you sorry heard Harmontown? Well? Yes, yeah. I've heard bits of bits of Harmontown, but again, like to say I've been doing a podcast a year or so, I don't listen to podcasts. I just I don't find myself listening to them. If I do, it's I've gone out of my way fully to kind of hear something or there's something very specific I want to listen to. Right. Um, so it's like yeah, I really kind of get glimpses, and yeah, I just I started this when I was having coffee with quite a few friends. I thought, well, this is essentially what Mark Maron was doing, mm. so I should just record it. Yeah, we'll put it out. We'll see see what happens. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. You know, you 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 you're settled, and uh, I already had. The name because everything I've run was under under yelling at concrete, so I was like that works as a as a podcast yeah. title, and yeah, just kind of rolled with it. Cool. I've, I've no goal or anything like that, and I make no money from it. No, because of you know monetization. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I've I've liked it as a little platform for people. I've I've kind of I appreciate it more now a year later of as much as it's given me opportunity to talk about things. And I would say do my solo ones between. Mm, yeah, yeah. As much as it's given me that opportunity, I've liked that it's given other people a chance to come and talk about their stuff. Or mm. just like people who people who I'd, I'd never even thought of thinking, sitting down and going, yeah, we'll sit and chat for an hour and we'll talk about podcasts yeah. or whatever. have come up with ideas and said, oh yeah, I really want to come on and do it. I don't know what I'll talk about. I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Bring me something and we'll talk about something. Yeah. It kind of like blends in. But yeah. Uh, I've liked it. Oh yeah, well, I think I'll just keep going. I've started listening to it now, like <laughs> right. a few months ago, and yeah, it's. I, I mean, I like I the podcast it. medium. I think yeah. it's, it's like, uh, it's still developing, and there's so many different things you can do with it, and yeah, lots of great little ideas that people do. So, I think you know, especially spoken know. word or writing and stuff. There's lots of scope, yeah. and you, lots of like what you were saying about nonsense things and yeah. things that don't take themselves too, too seriously I think the podcast format is great for that you know you... Yeah. I'm not sure why I don't listen to more podcasts I, I honestly you just sit down and I think I'm, have a word with yourself maybe it's the, it's the film mentality of I don't like dropping out of things halfway through so you sit down and watch a film I don't like to pause it go out and come back mm. So with the podcasts, obviously, there's, there's some length to them in general. Mm. So I feel like I've got to sit and listen to the whole thing or like really focus on it, give it my attention. So I don't feel like I can do other things whilst I'm doing it right. because I'll miss 
little bits, and maybe maybe that's I just don't want to be rude to, to someone who's not in the room with me. Uh, <laughs> but if you know the podcast was compelling enough, yeah, I mean I have listened to to various bits, various podcasts throughout. Yeah, I think it was one of the Harmon Towns I watched or listened to, and, and yeah, like Matt Moore and stuff, where he's had guests who I was heavily interested in. Did you already have like the equipment that you use? Essentially, yeah. Um, right. The only thing I've bought is this microphone. Right. That one and that one I had um, from my uni days. Alright. That was, a, again, a kind of another reason why I just started doing it, because I already had the gear. Right. I already had a camera and a mic, and I can just sit yeah, yeah. and go. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I think that's that's, that's, that's the beauty, I think, of, of podcasts, is that anyone can literally do it. Any idiot with a with a microphone. Any idiot with a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> a recorder and a and a dream. <laughs> but it comes back to the the punk. Yeah. Yeah. It's always referred to as the punk ethos or idea, but it's just that sense of simplicity, isn't it? And um, the strip just give something a go and yeah, the DIY yeah mentality. I think yeah. There's, there's been a, I think that there's been a rise in that, especially in in the art scene as a, as a generalised. But I do think more people need to just have a go, sure, and not have an end point, yeah, to things. So th- I think that's something which, especially on the younger generation, is heavily pushed. Is this needs to be profitable? Mm. You need to, whatever you make, you've got to be able to sell. If you can't sell it, it'll fail, and if it fails, it's not worth anything. But presumably, they they get told that mantra from, you know, education days. You know, like yeah. universities, you know, it seems everything has to come back to that idea of you got to monetize it, corporatize it. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, what you're doing is invalid or something. You know. I think. I mean, I think I was told that at college. Yeah. Like very early on, it was if you're going to do something, you've got to you got to think how you can do that for a living sort of thing rather than just... Which is not a bad thing, not no. a bad thing at all, but it, it does encourage. puts a lot of pressure on yeah, so that you never actually take that step possibly to just do it and yeah. be prepared to fail or whatever. I, th- I think, yeah. I don't think or for it not to be... People are taught how to fail, maybe. I yeah, know. I mean, you don't have to write... Uh, you know, your great novel the first time <laughs> or whatever it might be you'd have to write yeah. the greatest set of songs ever the first time you write a set of songs or whatever you just got to keep doing it mm-hmm. and enjoy doing it yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah I think it's definitely it's definitely along those lines and try and piss as many people <laughs> off whilst you're doing it As I mean that's, that's a question I got thinking about this yesterday of being a bit of a troll as an artist right what you are you say I think I am right because I, I do like making things my general my general like overall vague definition of what art should be mm. is that it whoa should be, heavy man I don't know is that it should be something which makes you question something even if it's like something very small like you're kind of looking and you go oh well that's slightly off why is that off mm-hmm. even if it's something you can't comprehend or anything like that I think that's 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 a generalised kind of point I may have lost my point from where I was. You were talking about you were going to say something about trolling, or oh yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. We're going back to trolling. So obviously that's that's like a form of trolling because you're presenting someone with something and you're making them question 
something which they weren't intending to question. You kept trying to interrupt their day, sort of thing. Okay, yeah. Do you think that is a complete necessity with creation and doing creative projects? Um, Obviously, Plastic Break mean, Race yeah. is, is quite interruptive. It's, it's a little break from the norm. It's got yeah. it's kind of got that that ideal to it, and it's it's trying to at least force people to to get involved mm-hmm. through a method which they're not used to. Mm-hmm. And back with your your previous projects, obviously that had a little bit of that that revolution within it. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that that's kind of a necessity for art? Do you think there's something to be worth something? It might because that's something which I I've inwardly felt. And I'm wondering if other people do too. Mm. Great, great question, Graham. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you pr- you're probably onto something there. Um, I think maybe for something to be powerful, it certainly must do that. Probably, yeah. like it's it's like you're being poked, isn't it? Yeah. And your your psyche or your sort of everyday reality is being prodded in a way that you hadn't necessarily invited in and so good art or powerful art does that to you and changes you or makes you question something or whatever Hmm. so yeah probably I I try to think of you know so a good book or a good painting or a good whatever probably um, there must be an element of it just doing that but then you know you can you can knit a jumper with a picture of a badger on it just because, yeah. you know, and that isn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't... So to, for something to be art, it doesn't have to, yeah. but perhaps for it to maybe be more than just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. craft, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like you can make a good table, can't you? But it's not necessarily going to... It's not necessarily art to that... that no. That define yeah yeah but I I agree I think it's got to hasn't it it's got to poke at you in some some way yeah it's like uh, what's his name that did the the toilet (laughs) Um, yeah um, Armut Armut yeah Duchamp's Duchamp yeah yeah Yeah. I think yeah once that something is broken the surface of something your reality your kind of conception of the world in some way you know whether it, whether or not you rate it as a, that's a good piece of art or a bad piece of art. If it's yeah. if it's done that in some sense, then that's that's good. <laughs> I think um, what's this, uh, the one which kind of got me thinking about it as far as I know is because there was that uh, Banksy piece in Hull, oh, recently, yeah, just recently, yeah, which yeah. then got defaced and, and all that kind of thing, and someone fixed it. They went back right. and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they they went and undid the damage as much as they could, and I, I thought that was interesting of someone just going out of their way to save something which they didn't particularly see the importance of, but they were like, no, this is, this has come to our city, created this piece, and was it just a random random member of the public that had done yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't was, like the council. No, no. Um, essentially, they don't know who defaced it, but I think he was a window cleaner. He was just, he heard that it was kind of, someone had painted over it. And he was off to work in the morning and someone had said that the paint was still wet, or which had been damaged. So he went and just took like his rags and his ladder and just went, must have, went and cleaned up this piece. Something and, must have angered him to make him well, do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange little thing. And it was just this idea that I think 
if you made something good with that and it does poke, because at the, that particular bank's piece, there's nothing particularly provocative about it. It's all context, though, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's 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 not, but it's not like one of those highly politicized things which he's done uh, with like the policeman or anything mm, like that. It yeah, was yeah. just like a random piece he wanted to make. The location of it's what's important, and and but it it poked the public enough that some random person would care about it. Mm. And I thought that was interesting, and I think it got me thinking about art in larger where people try and poke too much. And I think that gets a negative reaction for art in general. If like when you try and make something so abstract, because the more abstract it is, the more it's art. Well, what, uh, like so, as an example, so like, I mean, like you got so a great example of that would be would be uh, Damon Hirst stuff. Okay. So Damon Hirst, he pushed the boat in terms of pickling animals, which obviously got a reaction from public. So people took that reaction mm. and went. Oh, if I have to dismember animals, well, I'll, I'll I've got to go further. Mm. I've, I've got to I've got to you know one upping. Yeah, I've got, I've got to black mirror it and and fuck a pig live on stage. And it's got to be that kind of high end, mm. missing the point that the idea that behind the art in general was just because of the sentiment of it, mm. but the poke was the fact that there's these animals which you're not used to seeing displayed in this this fashion. Mm. And I think. There's a risk. I think there's a risk with a lot of lot of art now, where people, because of viral viral stuff, that people are focused so wholly on that poking aspect rather than like a concept value. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Or... Yeah, I, it's, I think it's just a symptom of everything. Everything's yeah. got to be high octane, hasn't it, to to draw people's attention? Because there's so much to draw people's attention now. So everything is, you know, if you want something to go viral or yeah. you know. To, to have that kind of um, focus, you've got to be provocative in some way. That's why you've got, you know, people like that. You know, all those YouTube people or whatever that, yeah. or the academics that say things to the right or to the left. And you know, we live in a, such a polarized moment, which is probably very dangerous and not great. So I think, yeah, everything's got to be that. And it's yeah. all played out on social media and everything. So whether you're a, a an artist or a, a writer or whatever, I think you're always, you know, looking for maybe that angle, yeah. possibly, you know, or some people would be, wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, the thing about that, the Banksy and Hull, I mean, I didn't catch all of the story or whatever, but, I, you know, like... The day or the day after it happened, they had like some councillor, hall councillor saying, you know, take pictures of it and then we're going to scrub it off yeah. or whatever because it's, it's graffiti, it's vandalism. And this is like after they've had City of Culture for the last year. Yeah. That has that not had any impact on this gentleman of, from the council whatsoever. He, you know, after a year yeah. of Hull City of Culture, yeah. rah, 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 his, his response to the media was, well, we'll just get rid of that. And it just seemed like, oh, well, uh, there was a great thing about it. That's there, was, there, was, there was like kind of, <laughs> in a way, there is a like a, um, an untouchability to Banksy. I think, like, obviously, it turns up, paints something, and then they put plastic over it, and they're like, oh, this is this is thing, and then obviously someone else graffitis something, and that just gets wiped away. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a great, it was a great moment of just councillor override in his head, just like, well, that's it's still graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still damaged to public property. Property. We need to. 
and something in my brain just clicked and went, oh yeah, there's that whole thing of where graffiti's not art anymore. It's like, yeah. there's a group of people who don't see it as art. And I was like, oh. Don't we live in absurd times, know. really? It's, you've got to fight the, fight, fight the system. Yeah. <laughs> so really... Stick it to the man. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, it's a weird way in a way, like graffiti's a great example of, obviously it's very public facing. So if it's good or bad, the public will tell you because mm. it's, it's, it's right in your face. So if you're doing something with like writing or, or um, like smaller visual mediums, getting it seen is a problem. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying about buskers earlier, mm. you, know, you want your sound heard, go to the street. Yeah, yeah. You know, play play your song. So I think that is a challenge, which which a lot of like smaller people, especially yeah. if you can't go do graffiti or anything like that, or you, your paintings take you ten years or something. Well, that comes back to spoken word nights, doesn't yeah. it? And their sort of popularity or whatever, you know, their moment, which it seems to be, and, and spoken word artists and poets and whatever. Yeah. Um, and everything, social media, it's all about getting your, you know, your canvas and getting people in front of it, whatever your canvas is, I suppose. Yeah, I think maybe to round this, round this out, out in a way. Okay. So obviously we discussed a lot of... You want me to take my clothes off? Oh, is that what you're saying? We'll, we'll get into that point of the interview, Rich. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just kind of... Obviously we've discussed like round things and projects and how, how there's a bit of a gap in, in Lincolnshire and all that kind of stuff. We've, yeah, as long as we haven't been too parochial about all this. No, you know, we've, this, we've sat in You get an international audience, right? Yeah, of course. You know, we've got people in the US, watch this. Lisa? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got people in Boston, we've got people in yeah. Cleethorpes, we've yeah. got people in Skeggy. There's people in Redford who watch this, <laughs> you know, anyone like that. Um, yeah, just, obviously from, from an art point of view, or from, from a writer's point of view, yeah. not to, to pile on the pressure to people who are trying, but which... Do you couple it as you've got to balance your your full on yes this is this is markable, or your full on this I want to just be creative like with your plastic brain stuff of, of do something, or do you have to merge them together as a as, as a whole? Um, or can you have one without the other? Or are we past that now? Like, uh, I I guess it depends on on your vision, doesn't it? I mean be true to your if you've got a vision and you want to see it through in whether it's like marketable or not then if you're passionate enough then just go for it and you and you'll find your audience because the the flip side of it is with social media and all that kind of stuff is that it's never been as easy to find an audience for what you're doing so if you you know write things in urine you know live there'll be an audience that will get onto that. And it might be a niche audience, but you've got more chance of finding it than you ever had before. So, you know, if market, I don't know what does marketability mean, it's probably bland and middle of the road, isn't yeah. it? So if you've got a vision, go for it. Yeah. And you'll figure out the tricks and the ways of connecting with people and, you know, maybe that will sustain you. And I find one thing just rolls onto another. If you keep pushing at something, then you may well doors that you didn't even think existed will open for you and you'll be able to there'll be lots of other opportunities that will come your way out of it so maybe you start out creating a zine and then you end up you know I don't know uh, you know running a spoken word night or 
setting up a small press or whatever and because one tiny thing led on to the next and on to the next and yeah. you know so endless possibilities out there what do you think I, th- I think we're, I don't know it's, it's something in a way it's something I worry about because Is it? I, well you know yeah I mean I make a lot of the stuff I make because I make it this something which I want to do I never think about marketability or how but you found an audience haven't you whatever that might yeah, like a minor of the, the, the pre-audience. Yeah, it's that finds audience because we force it on people. And it's, 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 yeah. yeah. But you've got, everything is forced on people in that sense, you yeah. know. You create something and you put it out there and you call that forcing it on people or it's, that is true, yeah. it's yeah. putting something out into the world. I mean. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's just Harry crazy. Potter was forced on people. That's true. I did not have a choice in reading Harry Potter. <laughs> I wish I'd had a choice. Well, it's, it's forced on people, but then the people choose whether they want to Engage pay it heed yeah. or not. Yeah. You know? I think it's just one of those things, of, it's a, a back and forth which I have as, as a creative of trying to do anything is is thinking whether it's where it lies within that situation. But then in the same way, if I, I try to heed my own words of if you want to do something for fun, just do it for fun. But it can be both. Can yeah. It? Yeah, fun. yeah. And you, your fun stuff can lead to, to other stuff, like you say. And it's, I think that's that's a good rule for creatives. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> it's just keep doing things. Yeah, just keep making Absolutely. these little things and, and rolling through. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a nice way to to yeah. round that out. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a, a final plug for Plastic Brain Press. Okay. So when is it? Plastic Brain Press. Our night is called Crash Course in Brain Surgery. It's at the Angel Coffee House in Lincoln, February 9th, half six till about half eight. Um, it's two pounds to get in, and there's lots of fun and games as well as the spoken word. Our guest performer is the fabulous Gemma Baker, and uh, good coffee. You'll be there. Not allowed to drink coffee. Though. Oh yeah, well it's going to be a terrible night. You'll be there in the corner, <laughs> like, oh, when will they stop with the poetry? I mean, I'll have been a week off coffee at that point. I'm hoping you'll be like to be flying by then. You'll be like, by then. it's a whole new world. <laughs> My eyes will be open. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, Mel Melody Clark is going to be our door girl. She's going to be, you know, giving the razzle dazzle from the moment people walk in. So, uh, should be a good. I think night. that's worth mentioning. It'll be a good night. I yeah, think, I think I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. Mm. Come and meet the plastic brain. Get yourself mind melded. I mean. Yeah, that's terrifying still. <laughs> yeah, good. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's everything good art stands for. Yes, <laughs> that you already got anxious before you walked through the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that should be good. So Thanks. I recommend people go along to it. And thank you for coming, Richard. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate and, it. And, uh, you know, plugging things and we're talking art. And cool. Yeah. Well, we'll talk thank to you guys you. later.